All right, you guys, you're in for a treat today. I got the chance to interview Ashley Jones, the founder and executive director of Love Not Lost. Uh, It's a nonprofit that is working hard to help people love each other better. We talk about how she founded the company, the amazing progress she's made along the way, their new corporate grief program, and so much more. I've personally grown so much from knowing Ashley since we met, and we do tell that story on the podcast, and I think you will too after you hear this interview. Let's get into it. Well, this podcast episode is very exciting to me because it's somebody that um, I've gotten to know well over the years, um, and I can't wait to tell the story of how we met. Um, but I have Ashley Jones here. Ashley, tell everybody who you are and what you do. Hey, Jeff. Thanks. Um, I'm really excited to be here as well. And um, I'm Ashley. I'm the founder and executive director of Love Not Lost. We are a nonprofit on a mission to revolutionize the way we heal in grief. Hmm. That is nice and to the point. I love it. I love it. Um, okay. So I have so many questions and so many things I want to <laughs> talk to you about. Um, yeah. I want, I'll start by the way that we met. So we were both speaking at, um, what was the name of the event? Do you remember? The Sum and Substance. Sum and Substance, right. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> there were four speakers. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember <laughs> if someone went before you or someone went after me, but I know that I had to go right after you. Um, and you got up and gave the most amazing talk and everybody in the room was crying, including myself. And it, and it was like, I was having an out of body experience. Cause I was like, Oh no, I'm about to go stand up and talk about my life for a little bit after this. Uh, that was, I, I will say that was one of the hardest talks I've had to give. Cause I was like, oh. nothing I could say could compare. Um, you did such a great job, but um, it was your story, um, and it was a story that led you to to create uh, Love Not Lost. Um, and I'll just say that you know you talked about the incredible loss that you experienced several mm-hmm. years back, and we'll link to that. Um, but it led you to this idea of helping people when they're grieving, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, it's funny because I thought your talk afterwards was like so awesome and. It inspired me to come up to you afterwards, which I'm sure we'll get to in a minute. Um, But yeah, I, I, you know, had just lost my daughter and realized how little we know about grief, not necessarily like, you know, what grief is. We all know how it feels, but what to do with it. You know, it's like when you're in that really raw, heartbroken heaviness, like, what can you do? Um, and then too, like if you're observing it in someone else, like how do you support them? Because we had so many friends who just disappeared, not knowing what to say or what to do. And so they just didn't do anything. Um, but then we had some really incredible friends just show up to love us well. And that made such a difference. And so I wanted to find a way not only for for me to be able to support someone in grief through photography, um, you know, one of our programs is our photography program, preserving memories, taking photos of people facing a terminal illness and giving them a really beautiful photo book to kind of create that legacy. Um, But a community support program to really kind of equip people to say, hey, if you know someone, 
these are easy ways, like just tools or resources to empower you to show up because it really, it really makes a difference. What, what I always find it remarkable when somebody, um, starts a company, um, certainly when it, when it comes from, uh, something so meaningful, was there any hesitation as you saw this need and realized other people were going through pain like you had gone through and yet there was no offering or nothing out there? Did you, did it just like, was it like a light bulb went off? Was it gradual? How did you get to that point where you felt like I've got to dedicate my life to this? Yeah. Um, people who know me just, <laughs> they'll, they'll laugh at that question. Cause like <laughs> most of the time I just jump in. Um, and, it's one of those things that like ignorance is bliss kind of things where it's like, if you don't know how hard it is to start something, especially a nonprofit, like it's a lot easier to start it, you know? Um, and so it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, this is a need. And I had already been volunteering portrait sessions myself to serve people in my community who were facing a terminal illness. Um, and I just realized like, myself doing this alone can only serve so many people. But if I create an organization where we have a network of photographers, we have national brand awareness, where we have grief resources and education and empathy cards and tools to help people, like we can impact millions. And so, yeah, sign me up for that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You, uh, have you always had that entrepreneurial spirit though? You know, I probably would say yes. Um, I don't think I recognized it until my twenties. Um, so I, I've always had the drive to achieve. Um, so I've always been like, I want the trophy. I want to be the best. I'm, I want to win you know, like I was always in sports. Um, so for me, I was always, I always had that drive to achieve. Um, but I don't think it turned entrepreneurial until Skylar, my daughter died because at that point I had been a full-time mom and caregiver for two years. Um, and then she was just gone. And in one day I lost my identity and it was like, Oh gosh, like, what do I do now? And at that point, um, you know, taking two years off from the corporate world just to take care of her was so worth it to me. But I realized going back into the corporate world was going to be really challenging. And it was going to be, you know, in that raw grief, anyone who's lost someone they love will know, like, you're a hot mess for a while. Um, And so, it's one thing to be at a company and already have that trust in those relationships to support you in that time. It's a whole nother thing to try and go and get a job and meet people from ground zero as the hot mess. Mm -hmm, (laughs) So I was like, okay, the corporate world probably won't take me back. Or if they did, I wouldn't survive long. Um, So I'll just start my own thing. And so that's actually, I started my own photography business doing portraits and weddings. Um, and then I would volunteer sessions to those facing a terminal diagnosis as I heard about them. And then it evolved into, I could Love do that. this full time mm-hmm. and open it to others to be able to participate and grow it beyond yourself. 
Yeah, actually, my <laughs> my husband came to me and was like, um, so I really love your giving heart, um, but we're not rich and you can't keep giving everything away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because not only was I giving my time to do the session and stuff, but I was giving away books and prints and like full-blown artwork. And um, yeah, so my husband's like, please stop. And I was like, I love you too. And I hear you, but also I'm not going to stop. I'll find a way. Right. And I figured like, if I'm willing to give it all away, then surely I can find other people in the community to help me continue give it all away. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because, um, as you have, you start an organization that's similar in a certain way to one that I started called 48 and 48, where it's allowing you're, you're basically giving space to people to use their gifts and their superpowers to do good in the world. Mm -hmm. um, in this case, photography, potentially graphic design and maybe other things, but like, that's such a need. I think there's not enough of that. You know, mm -hmm. people need to tap into what makes them special or what they've spent 20 years becoming amazing at to use that, to give back. I feel like it, it opens up something inside of them. Do you see that when you bring in photographers and people helping? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's um, it's really powerful uh, to see how your involvement, no matter what it is, whether it's your skill or just your presence, um, can really impact someone in a remarkable way. And we see that all the time with photographers, um, especially in the more sensitive um, or like intimate sessions where you like really bond with someone um, where it's just like, wow, like we really made a difference. Um, and then, I mean, sometimes you don't always see that impact. And then sometimes it comes, you know, years later where you run into the family and you know, they catch you up on their life and they tell you how much the photos meant to them, you know? So it's, it's really powerful. And I think, you know, it, it, it helps bring purpose to people's lives too. Yeah. Um, you know, where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm actually making a difference beyond just my own personal achievement or, you know, path forward. And I love that helping people find their purpose. Mm -hmm. um, it's so, I mean, it's so meaningful when someone does land on that. Mm -hmm. um, talk to me for a second. One of the things, there's lots of things that um, I admire about you. Um, one of them is that um, you um, are, are working with people in their, I mean, just time of deepest, darkest pain and sorrow and suffering and grieving. And it, I think it takes a strong heart to be able to do that. I mean, I think about some, I think I put myself in the position of some of the sessions you've talked about. And I think, I don't know that I could do that um, because it, it, it would just, so, so the first couple of times you did it, um, mm. is, was it different than now? Did it take you some time to be able to process? Does it hit the same mm. every time? Yeah. So I get this question a lot of like, how do you do what you do? Um, and, and I do believe that some people see me as like this emotional superhero or something that I have this incredibly strong heart to be able to do this. And, and as much as I appreciate that, <laughs> um, I, it's not true. Um, and I think that every person is capable of, of doing what I do. They just have to be willing to be comfortable with the pain. Yeah. 
And I think that's the biggest differentiator is like, I spent two years sitting with my daughter knowing that she was going to die and watching her turn blue and trying to resuscitate her multiple times, um, you know, some with, with success. And then obviously the, the day that she died, um, you know, it was, it was time to let her go. Um, but sitting in that pain and like really sitting in it and being present in it and not checking out or numbing my pain with drugs or alcohol or, um, you know, like just finding ways to escape, um, allowed me to learn to appreciate what it can do for you. Um, And so it helped me be comfortable to really sit in it and to be present with others in their pain. And I think that's just something we're not good at as a society because we are taught that pain is bad. And I don't believe that's true. I think that pain is um, just another form of communication. Um, it's information and it can be a a wonderful teacher. Yeah. Um, I don't know that we talked about this, although, um, you know, when I lost, um, my best friend, uh, a few months back to, to his fight with lung cancer, um, you were one of the first people to check on me and, and be there for me. And I appreciate that. Um, but when he was, um, put into hospice, Mm -hmm. um, at his home, um, the, the things that I have learned from you, the things that I've, um, heard you say, um, I've been through, um, a session on, on grief, corporate grief type things, which we'll talk Mm -hmm. about in a second, but it, it, I'm telling you, it, it forced me to get over myself and go spend time with him in those days. And it was going to his home to sit with him to sort of, you know, see him dying. Um, I, I, I I hope that I would have always done that and I got to see him several times, but I don't know that I would have gone as much as I did. Um, and then to sit there and just, Mm -hmm. just watch him. Um, and he, you know, slept half the time because, and I just allowed myself to, to be there. And so, so Mm -hmm. I thank you for that. Um, beautiful. Yeah, it it was definitely, I mean, probably one of the hardest things for me to be a part of. But it, but, but you helped me understand that that's important, um, and and to be there. So, um, so let's talk about how you're helping others to see that and to um, learn that it's okay or to find ways to to help their friends because you're right, it is really yeah. hard to be. Um, to be there. For, it, it, it's just people, to your point, people don't know how to do it. So yeah, you mentioned photography is one of the things that you're doing sure. about the broader scope of, of, of love, not lost. Yeah. Well, first off, thank you for sharing that because it, um, I mean, that's the hope of, of love, not lost is that we can, you know, we can't as an organization, we can't show up for everyone who's dying. Um, we can't show up for everyone who's hurting, but as a community, we know that we are all connected. And so, you know, just, um, giving, giving you encouragement to, to go be there for your, your friend is so powerful. And anyway, just thank you for sharing that. Um, so yeah, um, kind of full circle, um, after the summon substance 
speech, I knew that um, we would probably get overwhelmed as speakers do, you know, when you have a, um, you know, a, a speech that connects with people. People want to come up about afterwards and tell you their stories and um, tell you how much whatever you said meant to them and stuff, which is amazing. But I knew um, I had like five seconds to get you before anyone else did. And so um, I walked over to you and I don't know if you remember this, but I was like, um, I need your help. And we like, we need to work together. Um, I have this project that no one will help me with. And I know you can help me with this. And you're like, cool, like set up a meeting. We'll, we'll connect afterwards. And then we got swarmed with people. Um, and I was like, great. And so, um, you know, we had that meeting and it was, it was very much like, uh, you know, I, I have this tool and I, I, my background's in graphic design and print. Um, and so I had created this postcard that was a tool that we gave out at events, um, that on the front said, how can I love you better? And on the back, it was like, Hey, I know you're going through a tough time right now. Um, I really want to be there to support you, but I just may not always know how, please let me know what would be helpful to you during this time. And then it gave like a list with checkboxes. So like do your yard work, bring you lunch, bring you coffee, get you out of the house, sit and talk, give you a hug. Like, you know, all these things that were pre COVID. Um, <laughs> and we, um, so we had this postcard and, um, and I brought that to you at our meeting and I was like, I need to turn this into a digital form because by the time people get the postcard and then give it to someone and then get it back, like too much time has passed. <clears throat> Excuse me. So when, when we met, I was like, I really need your help to turn this into a digital form. I had spent a year and a half asking different developers to help me and, and no one would um, was really capable of, of taking it on. So you connected me to 48 and 48 and we were able to bring this tool um, into a digital form and gift it into the world. Um, so how can I love you better.com is the email form and it's just such a beautiful gift. And again, um, empowering people, you know, no cost involved to just reach out to a friend and say, Hey, I want to be there. And I don't know how, and this is, it's just really like a, an easy way to ask without getting awkward, you know? Um, and, and just with customization, the online form is so much better because you can have, um, you know, the calendar plugin and some other features customization wise that are really beautiful. Um, but yeah, we're so grateful for that. Yeah, no, it was it. I love the ability to give my team and especially to have 48 and 48 participate, but like it was a lot of Dragon Army people that worked mm -hmm. on that. So give them the ability to work on things that make such a difference. So, mm -hmm. no, that was, I was so glad that we connected and, and did that. And, um, and now, you know, we get to work together in Ripples of Hope and then mm -hmm. that's exciting. So I get to see the, the amazing things you're, you're doing. So, um, talk to me. So, so what, we'll, we had a session. When was the session we did at, at Dragon Army, the um, corporate grief? March 6th, the weekend that all the cases started popping up in Atlanta. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that feel, what is, what is it? It's almost August. Oh. It feels like years ago. God, <laughs> yes. like years ago. Um, but I loved it. So talk to me about the evolution of saying, okay, um, you know, it's, it's one thing and a very important thing to help families um, mm -hmm. and, and individuals, but then 
where does grief come in in a corporate setting? Because that's definitely not something that I hear about in, yeah. in corporate land. For sure. Yeah. And so all of this, all of our programs have been birthed from listening to our families. Um, the driving question of love, not lost is how can we love people better? Mm -hmm. And when we, you know, when we serve our families, it's very much, um, you know, showing up to love them. Like, yes, we're taking pictures and yes, we're preserving these memories, but we want to be a loving, calm, peaceful presence for people when they're going through tough times. So part of that was, you know, um, hearing stories over and over again of like, you know, my friends left me and like my community's gone and I'm all alone and I've been in this for five years by myself and blah, blah, blah. And all these um, stories where I was just heartbroken because sometimes we were the only ones showing up for these families. Um, and so that made me realize like, okay, my story's not alone. And there are so many people who, who are feeling alone, whether they are or not, like just the feeling of it is enough to where you know, how can we bridge this gap? Because, you know, after speaking engagements at conferences or events, people would swarm, swarm me afterwards and be like, oh my gosh, like, thank you so much for sharing this. Like my friend just lost her baby. What do I do? Or my coworker just lost their, their parent. What do I do? Um, and they would be asking me, which I was very honored that they would trust me to, um, you know, as, as a grief expert to give them advice. But part of showing up for someone is knowing them. So I, you know, I, I don't know if your coworker is gluten-free or not. If I tell you to bring her a lasagna, I might kill her, you know, like, like I, I don't know her, so I don't know how to support her. Um, so that's where the, the community support program really was birthed from was this awareness that like our families were suffering without having support. And then there were all these people in the community who wanted to support, but they just didn't know how. So that's what create, we, I mean, we created like empathy cards, um, the, how can I love you better support tool and some other things. But as that developed, um, we kept hearing more stories from our families and they were like heartbreaking. The one in particular that really, um, kind of was the catalyst for the corporate care program um, was this really sweet, like joyful woman. She was, um, her husband was fighting cancer and was on hospice and they had twin daughters. And, um, we were standing together after the session and the dad had like, you could tell he was in pain, but he put on such a brave face for his family to like create those memories. And so when we were done, he just like went in the car to just sit and rest and so I had this moment with the mom to just say, how are you guys doing? You know, like, how, how are you really? And, um, and she was like, you know, I am like really scared and overwhelmed right now because my company fired me. They let, they let me go. And I was the primary breadwinner and my company carried our health insurance and I don't know how to pay our mortgage and pay all of our bills and keep us in the same house and take care of my daughters. Oh, and deal with my husband dying on top of grief and helping my kids grieve. And I was like, 
how in the world did a company fire this woman when her husband's on hospice and they know there are just weeks left? Yeah. Like what? Like, I mean, I get it as a business owner. You can't carry everyone's weight if, you know, like I get it. There is a bottom line. There is the profitability there. I, I understand that. But we are also dealing with humans. Like we are all working together. And like, it just blew my mind. Like I truly was just sitting there like, how did this happen? And so that was something, um, you know, we, we already train our photographers. So before any of our photographers serve with us as an organization, we take them through a weekend retreat and do grief and empathy training with them. Um, And so we already had a lot of that material. And so I was like, what would it look like to bring grief and empathy training to the workplace so that this never happens again? Like, like people should be cared for by their companies in their darkest times because employees give companies over half their lives, like, and the, the best half of their lives. Most of the time, if you're an eight to five worker, I mean, the first half of the day affects the second half of your day. Right. So, yeah. So that really was what inspired me to, to launch that. And I, what I, uh, and I love that. And I love that's that you heard that. First of all, I love that people share with you. Um, you know, you have an openness and, and, um, an authenticity that allows someone to trust that they can share with you. Um, but that you took that and saw an opportunity to, to do more good. Again, there's mm-hmm. plenty of people running nonprofits, but maybe they don't have the entrepreneurial side come, you know, combined with that, which allows for even more good to be done. It's part of the reason I started Ripples was to infuse more entrepreneurship into mm-hmm. people running nonprofits. But it's so natural for you to say, oh, this is how we can help people love each other more. And the workplace is not a place where that typically is talked about. But if you think about it, you're right. Somebody dealing with loss comes back to work people are probably just as awkward, if not more awkward. How do I be there for them? What do I say? And so I think it's a a massive need. Um, How has the, I know you're, can can you talk sort of about the platform you're building or what can you share? Yeah. So, well, first off, I want to acknowledge too that, um, you know, uh, Cheryl Sandberg with Facebook was also another powerful voice in the community to raise awareness that grief in the workplace just needs more attention. Um, and her book option B was really, um, insightful as well. Cause like even, I mean, she's a CEO of Facebook and she was like, yeah, no one would talk to me because people were afraid to say something or not say something or whatever. Um, so as we said, March 6th, we launched the pilot (laughs) and then COVID happened (laughs) and all of our material was designed to be in person and interactive. And we were like, okay, uh, this is great. So we, um, you know, decided to kind of press forward on what would have been our corporate care program 2.0 of creating an online course once we had more of the in-person under our belt. Um, We just moved that up. And so we worked with a videographer to film all of our material. We actually added more material um, since it was an online course and we can break it up more. So... um, our in-person workshops were designed as like a half day or a full day or a weekend retreat. Uh, but with the online course, um, we can kind of fill more of that time and break it up over, you know, 
uh, a couple weeks for people to watch the content. So I'm really excited because we were able to to put in a lot of good good content, and um, we're building an online course platform and hoping to be able to launch it September October 2020. That's awesome. That's fast. I mean, <laughs> I, I've kind of given up planning in 2020. So like, take yeah. that with a grain of salt. It might not be till like December. I don't know. But, um, but that's the, that's the goal. So. Yeah, I'm really excited for this evolution of what you're doing because the ability to, to continue to impact bigger groups of people. Um, I think the workplace is a natural place for that. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even COVID and coming out of quarantine and coming back to work, there's going to be so much anxiety. People mm-hmm. will have lost loved ones. People will know people who are affected. Uh, they will have had scary times. I mean, that it's just so needed. Um, so, so I'm huge yeah. fan of this move for you. Thanks. Yeah. It's really exciting because, um, so, I mean, you went through our, our pilot launch, um, but basically, you know, how we design the, the current course that we're working on is that it's very much like this is grief. Here's some education around grief and like stressors at work and losses at work that can lead to grief. So there's like the education piece and then, you know, getting through some of the misconceptions and myths, um, talking about collective grief, like 9-11 or COVID or those things, um, versus acute personal grief versus like, you know, immediate and long-term, um, what that looks like over time. And then, you know, just the awareness of this is what it is, um, like people who are public versus private, or if the grief is public versus private, or, you know, there's so many factors that go into it. Um, And then as a leader in the workplace, like, how do you manage that? Like, how do you, how do you talk through things? How do you take care of your employees? And one of the things we really want to highlight to uh, executives and, and management for different companies is that, you know, people's pain is not your responsibility, but it is your responsibility to care for them in your workplace. Mm. So, you know, like there are just so many ways to support people. And I feel like leaders right now are not paying attention to the ways that they can do that. Um, It's not intentional. It's very reactionary. Uh And that is where people get into a lot of trouble because when you, do things from a reactionary place. Um, it is typically not near as good as it could be in, as if you were to plan and respond accordingly. So, um, so yeah. And we, in the course, we talk on um, a little bit around like HR and EAP programs and how you work together um, in the corporate environment for that. So Ruth, um, is Ruth Cochran is a certified therapist and executive coach who partnered with me to create this um, and launch it into the world. So I'm really grateful for her um, wisdom and experience to bring to this. And, um, and then, you know, like we, we kind of realized though, too, that this course, because we had built it pre COVID is like very much a, almost like a preventative, preventative is the wrong word, but like, um, it's kind of like a planning tool of like, okay, like 
let's prepare for grief. Um, Whereas like right now, because we're all in this collective grief, um, we're actually working to develop a second course that is going to be crisis specific. So it's going to be like, okay, like stuff hit the fan. It's everywhere. What do you do now? Um, Because there's so much, um, especially trauma with grief is, is different. Um, than just grief of like a single loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I fully believe that we are all like experiencing trauma and grief together. And so how can we help support one another through that? And and that will be focused more on trauma and self-care and um, healing in grief from an individual perspective, but also as a corporate leadership um, as well. So I'm excited about that one. We're working on uh, securing a couple partners to make that happen. Um, and, you know, who knows the timeline on that one, but we'll be pushing it out as soon as we possibly can. Uh, it's so it's such an inspirational um, direction for you to go. Um, and I just, uh, I don't think I've shared this with you, but my hope would be one of the ways this comes to life in the world is that maybe it's it's part of MBA courses for business leaders, because I'm pretty sure nothing like this is discussed in, you know, in, in business school. Mm. Um, but this idea, you know, I, I probably corporate social giving and things are starting to be discussed, but I bet, uh, helping, um, helping your team, your company, uh, with grief, um, and, and trauma, I bet it's not. So, so the idea that you could affect, just like mm-hmm. thousands of business school graduates coming out that have that inside oh, of them. I think that's, that'd be so cool. That'd yeah. We'll get some case studies and then, then we'll, we'll start approaching the universities. Great. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, two, two more questions. Um, if you were to dream out a couple of years, I know you're, you're a creative, um, your, your title in this little chat is amusing creative. That's <laughs> 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 for name. You wrote amusing creative. Um, what are two or three other ideas you might have about where love night law love not lost might go? Like, are there other areas of society you're looking at? Are there different directions, anything you're willing to share at this point? Yeah, well, I am still working on a book um, that I want to put out into the world as an individual guide to grieving. That's like an active, almost, um, like storybook journal for people who are in that raw grief and don't really know what to do with all of these swirling emotions that are all really big and and feel overwhelming. Um, And I'm hopeful too, that that book would help people even years out, you know, go back and process their own grief and maybe wounds that haven't healed. So that's one thing that I'm, I'm actively working on and, you know, writing is a process. I'm not as quick as you, (laughs) Um, but I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, I think it's going to be huge. And I have a couple other books in the works. Um, It's really weird. I feel like I started writing that one book and then like five other books came out in the process. It's pretty, I I think that's my experience as well. (laughs) I was like, I can't write all these right now. Like what is happening? Um, And so anyway, I, I feel like I'm going to have, a, a plethora of, of books under my name. Um, 
and co-authored with different people. And like, I'm, I'm really excited about that because, um, I'm just, I don't know. I I'm just learning so much. And I, I love, um, looking to different industries to kind of collaborate and see, you know, what other creative solutions we can pull and learn from each other. So a lot of my time and energy right now is spent learning neuroscience and how the brain works because, you know, like if my computer broke down and I didn't know what parts were affected, how could I fix it? So it's like, well, our brains are the processing center for our emotions and, um, and, and help us function and, help us survive and help us choose things with intention. And so like, how can we learn about the brain to help us in grief and in trauma? Um, so I am, I am learning a lot there and, and have some exciting things to uh, that are kind of swirling around in my brain um, course wise, book wise, um, hopefully speaking if events pick up again, cause I really enjoy speaking and um events actually for love not lost we have a lot of cool things coming up so you know we're having to pivot like everyone else and we had to postpone our fundraising gala but we are going to turn that into an at-home experience which is going to be really fun i'm excited to just kind of reimagine that and find ways to engage people beyond just like sitting behind a screen with a zoom call you know um So that's exciting. And then uh, the other thing is on November 19th is Skylar's birthday. And last year she would have been 10. And for her 10th birthday, I invited just a handful of my closest friends to pilot a fundraising event for me. And I had this idea that if we could gather as small groups and walk together and hold on to either a photo or a piece of jewelry or some sort of memento, something tangible to walk with, to hold their memory close. We could tell stories and intentionally create space for each other to share and to remember. Um, You know, one of the things that we hear a lot is like, oh, no one asked me about my loved one anymore, or no, people are afraid to say their name or People are afraid to ask about them because they're going to make me cry. Um, So part of this um, idea for this fundraiser was to give people space to share. And, and I mean, there's so many, like with, with the love that we have, it's not lost. And so it's a way that we can share and remember and experience that joy and that love all over again. And so we walk together through um, through the city and just shared stories. And it was so powerful. It was really cool. And um, so we're going to do that this year as a virtual walk event. And um, it will post it on social media at love, not lost org. Um, it will also be on our website, www.lovenotlost.org. Um, but we are going to have a light after loss walkathon um, mm, cool. or walk event. And basically, uh, the idea is that in the evening, you decorate yourself in light. So whether it's like glow sticks or glow jewelry or Christmas lights or lanterns or whatever you want, 
Um, you carry light out into the darkness with the memory of your loved one and you share stories and you talk about it um, and create space for that relationship to still flourish. I love that. Well, count, count me in for, for my friend that passed. We, my, my family and I will definitely be doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that idea. All right. Well, uh, my last question is simply how would you direct people to keep up with what you're doing? Stay, stay up to date, uh, and be able to get involved. Is it the website is mm-hmm. up for the email? What, what would you yeah. say? So we're most active on Instagram, just as a photography nonprofit. Um, it's easy to, uh, to stay active there. Um, we're also on Facebook and Twitter, um, LinkedIn. You can find me, Ashley Jones. You can also follow Love Not Lost there. Um, and then signing up for the newsletter on the website is a good way. I'm really respectful of inboxes. I usually only send one newsletter a month. Um, unless there's like an event coming up and then I'll just be, you know, like awareness about the event or reminders or something like that. But, um, we try and be really respectful again. It's how can I love you better? I'm not going to swamp, you know, swamp you down in, in emails. So, um, yeah, so that's the best way to carry on, um, attending events, like even the virtual ones that are coming up is just such a great way to really experience what we're doing in a meaningful way. Um, we, you know, whether it's the, the walk event or, um, our gala, or we have like, well, we had smaller events throughout the year. We'll figure those out as we, uh, you know, figure out a new normal here. But, um, but yeah, I think it's the events to me are, are the, the best way to get involved because you really get to see the impact that you have, um, as a, if you choose to support us as a nonprofit, um, you really get to see how your gifts and your giving is impacting lives and making an actual difference. Yeah. Well, I would encourage anyone to do just that follow, get involved. Um, again, we're all going to deal with grief and, and we're all going to need to be there for somebody. So, um, I appreciate everything that you're doing to help, help us all love each other better. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Talk to you soon. Sounds good. Wow, you made it to the end of the podcast. I didn't really know people did that anymore. Since you're still here, I'd love for you to subscribe so you can get updated when I post my next podcast. And you can always check out everything I'm up to at my blog, jeffhillemeyer.com. Thanks for listening.